Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your host, Alex Gore and Lance Three, two, one. Here we go. We're Michael. live. It's Psycho. that fast. We got to move quickly, Al Gore. Got to pick up kids. Things are happening. How are you today? We just got some exciting breaking news. What is the exciting breaking news? Good, bad? That the city is going to... Uh, let me read it. It's right here. Here it goes. He's going to read it. <laughs> Mr. Dyslexic the city himself. will be recommending to the Planning and Zoning Commission that the project be conditionally approved on the condition that all remaining staff edits are made to the plan. Boom! That's our development project. Planning and zoning are going to recommend that uh, it be approved. So, so you know what that means? Time to spend more money! <laughs> so now Lance uh, gets to tell his mechanical, electrical, and plumbing engineer... Get on it! On Monday, let's do it. Uh, so I, so we're ready to rock. We're ready to rock. And, and over on Saturday, I'm going to finish the last set of red lines I have for... Um, all like the detailing, waterproofing stuff. Structural is already done. Uh, all the architecture stuff was already done. We have a really good working set together. So I think I think at the same time that we go back in for planning and zoning, we're going back in for building permit. And, and going in, not back. Sorry, sorry. We are going in for building a building permit submittal. So it is, and then and then and then here we go. Here we go. We are we are starting to see the daylight. Yeah, daylight is coming, which means then we get to start work on the project. Physical labor, awesome. Um, What's I was in Denver for a meeting, so we're going through site plan review. We just had our first; it's called concept meeting, and then I said, "Okay, make sure you get one round of comments from site plan review before you submit for your building permit." And I'm like, "Perfect, that's what I want to do." I'm I'm glad you like brought that up and said it to everyone. I just know Longmont like that's foreign to them because building uh, building review will probably be like, "Oh, do you have your site plan review done yet?" No, just look at it, you idiots. You know, because remember we talked to the city council and they said, yeah, no, we don't do what is it, consecutive reviews. Yep. Like everyone else does. This Everybody is not- else does. And this is, and this is one of the things we want. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So that's good. Good news. That's good news. Yeah. And I hear you have some shout outs, sir. Josh Kunkel. I hope I'm saying that right. I hope you, I don't know how else you could say it because it's spelled K-U-N-K-E-L and I just pulled it off of Facebook. Look at that. So he uh, he started a firm with a, a bunch, probably a bunch of people that he knew. Um, it's called Method Architecture. No, no, no. Let, let's, uh, let's, yes. Uh, let's no, find. no. I've, pull, I've I've verified everything today. I assure okay. you. It's Method Architecture. Where is it in? What city? Out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yes, it is. So anyways, uh, he's in the Entree Architect uh, community on Facebook. If you're not in it, get in it. Uh, the reason why is because you can ask everything from extremely complex code questions to ones that you might think that you're, you know, that you're dumb because you don't know to this code question. Or to the questions I asked today. Right. But before I go there, but code questions are difficult, everyone, because they're circular. It's like reference this, reference this, how people interpret it is different. So everything from like very practical advice to, hey, I'm starting a firm and it's because of Entree Architect, his group, his forums, and he gave a shout out to, uh, to this podcast. So we're just sharing the love back. And yeah. then you said, what did you ask? What do you mean? What did I ask? Oh, oh today I asked. Today I asked if anybody has access. Uh, 
if they'd be willing to share examples of their pro formas, if they if they've done any kind of development projects, um, and they try to get me into another group. <laughs> I'm just in so many I'm in so many dang Facebook groups. I was like, I, I can't do it. So then the guys ended up pointing me to this. Uh, I I, on, I I would have to pull it up real quick, and I don't have time. But this um, this website with this other developer, and they had like ten example pro formas on on there. So I just downloaded them all. You're gonna love it. I, I, every time I was downloading one, I was like, "Wow, I was gonna love this. You're gonna yeah. love this." And you just here's an example. So we have those examples to work off of. And then here's the other thing: is a couple of the banks and and our developer buddies have have helped us out and given that given us their examples of pro formas. But what's interesting about the bank is um, the banks the banks that have that have said, "Hey, here's here's generally what we're looking at and stuff like that." Is yeah. that uh, I think if you can curtail what you're doing to what they're looking for, you know, and they're just giving us general stuff. That's ideal. Well, it's like pitching them a softball. There you go. It's, it's taking away all the barriers for people to say no. It's doing their job for them, which we've repeatedly said. If you want anything, if you want to get it on a TV show, you got to do their job for you. If you want to get in the paper, you got to do their job. You got to write the editor. If you, if you are wanting, if you want to be on the podcast, you got to do it. You, 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 you got to do your own. You got to just make <laughs> up that podcast or you could send us a, a snippet and we might play it. Who knows? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's awesome. So again, congratulations to Josh Kunkel. So excited for you, buddy. I hope you guys crush it. I know you'll crush it. You're a smart guy. Um, I, 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 see, I read your posts and, and, and get that sense from you. Uh, on the Facebook, so more power to you. I, um, you know, best of luck. It's just one of the most exciting. It's literally one besides having kids and raising a family. One of the most exciting things you can do in life is just be an entrepreneur. So yeah, go get it. Exactly. Um, so next, uh, we're, what we're gonna do now is talk about kind of a recap. And the recap is uh, since since Josh is starting his firm, what is some advice that you can either take or not take? What's actually worked for us? What hasn't worked for us? Um, and just thoughts on that. And, and, and just because we've also did the 5% Friday and that was last week. So go listen to that. And it's basically where we improved the firm. Everyone brought together ideas and all that. So even if you're not starting in a firm, it's stuff that you might be able to implement in, in, into your firm or, uh, any project that you're doing. So you want to kick us off? Do you have ideas? Well, number one, you got to eat. And in order to eat, you need some work, right? No. So, so <clears throat> there's, a million different ways for you for you to, to get work. Uh, you can network. You can glad hand. Uh, you can you can join join the chamber of commerce. That has sort of worked for us before. You can put out ads. You could use Craigslist. You could use Thumbtack. You could use Google AdWords. But I think in order to do any of those things, you need a platform, right? The platform is probably the foundation of it all. So get yourself a website. Get yourself the traditional business cards, and get yourself um, on how's Thumbtack, Facebook, uh, uh, not Instagram, um, in LinkedIn. That's the other one I'm thinking about. Um, those are the main ones I'd say right away. And then obviously, obviously a website. And for that one, you could use the free, the, there's a bunch of different kinds of website, uh, website designers that you can use. We use Weebly generally. Then there's Wix, which is, has turned, turned itself around pretty well. And then yeah. there's Squaresoft. Everybody, Squarespace. Squarespace. I'm sorry. Squarespace. Squaresoft is the, isn't that the one where you, the, the square cars. is just pay? That's where you can pay. Yeah. Yep. Um, but I think you got to have the website, right? And then you can branch from there. So you know, as many many of those platforms as, as you can do. The ones that we wouldn't recommend that we have tried over several times are I wouldn't use Yelp. 
house. I don't mm. think you need to pay for it. No. Uh, you even though, even though, <laughs> just last week, two weeks ago, we got a really interesting inquiry from like maybe we're gonna do a house in Qatar. Uh, there's another one where there's another a client that's gonna move down here from Chicago and they're buying a piece of land. So, it, but but we we paid you know through the nose for that for whole, one whole year and we haven't technically got a commission from it yet. We've got some actually pretty good leads right at the end. Yep. but no commission. So I wouldn't I wouldn't, wouldn't recommend paying for that. Yep. At all. Uh, and then okay, so let's say you got to get work and maybe you don't even start your firm until you start to get work. But how do you start? a firm legally. And it's not as hard as, as you think. One is you need to legally register your business and you do that through like your DORA, D-O-R-A. You basically secretary of state in your, in your state. And right? it is secretary of state. It's not DORA, is it? Not DORA. DORA you, just Dora does is, a bunch of Dora, other stuff. DORA is the Department of Regulatory Dora. Agencies. Um, so what that is, is that, that who, that's who says, yes, you can have an architecture license, Lance. Yep. No, you can't have one, Al, yeah. until after Lance says yes. But yeah, <laughs> but they said I could. Um, but Secretary of State, what is it, 15 bucks to yeah. register? So uh, we, yeah, we, you know, we, and, and we did it in an interesting way. So first I started the firm and it was, I just did an LLC. And then, and then we switched to an S Corp and you can kind of switch. Once. Once. Yep. And for us, the S corp was well. We're going to take dividends, so the tax brackets became different, and that's that's what yeah. pushed us over. We're not giving legal advice here. I'm just saying, don't feel like if you do start the simple LLC as a sole proprietor, you can't yeah. switch to the S corp later if you get a partner or if you start getting bigger and you start talking about taking dividends and, instead of just salary. And here's the next step, and it can progress in that step. So let's say Lance started the firm, right? Which he did. Um, and it's just Lance doing LLC. And I think it was all like just your own bank account. And then when I came in like four months later, yep. whatever it was, literally three or four months later, it was a, it was a time to, uh, reset, rethink about it. So it was, and this, some of this came from my mom. So essentially you, you set up through, uh, the department of Ju- regulatory agencies. No, no, no. Secretary of state. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> then set up a bank account, a separate bank account. A corporate Go, banking account. Yep. Uh, I would almost suggest a credit union right now. You're a local bank I'm with rather you. than... I'm with you. And here's the credit union. I think it was, they're going to be more flexible. They don't have... Uh, think about like you're reducing the amount of bureaucracy you have to deal with in a yep. bank. If you just go to a local branch, they're going to be more flexible. Yep. They can do more things for you. They'd be more creative, especially if you start thinking about how you're going to expand. Maybe you're doing beyond architecture like us. Yep. Development. So we, um, we set up a bank account and then you need to pay yourself the right way. And this is going to matter down the line. So how you do that is that you need to have regular payments, not just taking money in whenever, not just putting money in your own bank account. Even if you're an old proprietor, uh, you know, like, like Lance starting, but he didn't have this podcast to listen to. Now, if I was talking to him or if he was talking to himself, he would set up a separate bank account, right? And then he'd pay himself a regular salary because that's what they're going to look at when you, you ever want to You literally loan. need to become a W-2, Yep. You know, that's what you're looking for. Fill out your W-4 and get your W-2. And in the beginning, I was doing the paperwork and, and managing that stuff. And then quickly, within like two months, I was like, this is dumb. There's a company. It's called ADP. You can look at their competitors. There are we compet- don't care. Exactly. Thank you. There are competitors. Yep. We, yep. Uh, we haven't looked, so I'm not uh, over-endorsing ADP. They've just been so simple and not high fees that there's no reason for us to change. Yeah, so have- that is an endorsement from me personally. Legally, you check out whatever you want to do. Yes. Um, so what they do is you say, okay, how much you want to pay yourself? And they will pay state, local, 
unemployment, corporate tax, corporate taxes, all that stuff. So then it just automatically happens. They'll send you statements at the end and all that. And then even they're even helping us with healthcare now, right? Yeah. Now, now they're doing the healthcare and it's something like five bucks a person to manage it. Sweet. And I'm not managing that anymore. And then, so bank account, a, a payment system, um, and then obviously Lance already talked about getting work and all that stuff. Uh, and then later you can hire an accountant or a bookkeeper because we did the taxes the first times, you know, the first couple of years I'd get, I'd get everything ready. Um, I'm trying to think of legally what else you need to do it. it that, those are the first get, couple. Get se- some, oh, insurance. Yeah. Yeah. General liability insurance. Get a, get a general liability. If you're starting out as an unlicensed architect, which you can do that, you just have to check the legal ramifications of what you can do within your within the your state. Typically, like yeah. like in Colorado, you can do houses and you can do up to up to so many square feet of like industrial stuff. So you know, make sure you're in legal bounds there. And you might be surprised at what you can do. Like in Iowa, you can do multifamilies. Yeah. Like they don't care. Iowa does not care. Yeah. North Dakota, I don't even know if there's laws. There's no laws. On I'm that. making that up, but you, you get what I'm saying. <laughs> North Dakota, Texas, you, know what I'm you can do whatever. No, yeah. just kidding. Uh, and th- so, <clears throat> general liability, I think, is a, is a, a bare minimum for sure. And then, obviously, you need to get some E&O insurance. And and here's where I think insurance is where you can start doing maybe some of your errors and emissions. You know, errors and emissions. Yeah, just to let people know you can start doing some basic uh, entry level um, sort of work swapping. So I think. If you can line yourself up with a, if you go, so you're gonna have to get insurance. So if you can line yourself up with an insurance agent who's maybe also dabbles in real estate or something like that, and you can start to bridge these little networks, like you might not get, they might not be able to refer you to a client right away, but maybe eventually they'll be refer you to a client, you know, or like something like that. Um, which kind of leads me to like, okay, then then once you have all that established, just basic networking, I think, is a big one. And, and here's what I would recommend is. If you're if you're doing residential stuff, uh, right away, if you can just get in with some realtors, a lot of times, like uh, my my wife works for Coal Banker, and they have speakers just come in, and every, they buy them lunch and stuff like that, and they do kind of a lunch and learn, and then you just talk about what you do. So if you are looking, if you're okay with kind of starting from scratch, you know, you might be talking to these twenty realtors, but how many times do they do they sell a house and instantly their clients are like, yeah, we're gonna run a remodel of this. Yep. Um, we need to take down like a load bearing wall and rearrange, you know, the kitchen a little bit, stuff like that. Boom. I think it's a good segue right into, right into that kind of work. Um, so, uh, what, what about contracts, right? How about landing the work? Uh, Where do you think you start there? How do you do it? We did it well, in a very curious way, but well, <laughs> I, you can go listen to the first podcast. I think it's number one. Yeah. So, so I'd go listen to that, but, um, basically, you know what? Here you go. What would you do now? This is kind of like a retrospect one, like if you had to do it over. Well, this is where I was going to go into next because you talked about getting work, starting up the firm legally, and now how to think about your firm philosophically. And I think you need to reduce your feedback loop. You need. We started off with this. We tell everyone when they come in, there's an onboarding process. I have a little sheet. And we go, we want you to be simple yet profound, profound. right? So you need to shorten your feedback loop. So here are the notes that I type for that is time. You need to time yourself, right? Because then you know if you're meeting your budgets when you bid something out. And if you listen to the Entree Architect podcast, Mark will recommend FreshBooks because I'm pretty sure they also have a timer. If you use QuickBooks Online, which is a competitor, they also have a timer. But the one that we really like and our guys like is Toggle. Toggle, yep. So that's number one. Number two, if you are uh, in Revit, 
You should be in Revit if you're not in Revit. If you're not in Revit, Archicad doesn't sound that bad. Nope. It, it's, yeah, I don't know. It sounds, it's a competitor, but for us, it's Revit. But what I'm getting at is like, you need to be in some kind of building information modeling software. Yes. Something where you're actually physically slash virtually building it, yep. testing all testing your design in, in as, as much as you can in the computer before it gets built and, and, and set up a system. For yep. It. And set up a system model like it's going to get built all this we've said it multiple times we have training and free tutorials and we will shamelessly plug because we've only heard really really good feedback honestly if, if it was a shitty product i i would not let you know i'd be embarrassed i'm embarrassed to sell if it's not good so it's revitfurniture.com and it's literally the revit template system because if you model like it gets built your people understand construction better so when they go out into the field everything makes sense and they can shorten that feedback loop so all these yep. are related to yep. shorten that feedback loop also get out there on the site right um, so that you can see and, and visualize and know if you're modeling well but the other thing to shorten that feedback loop is what if I'm just one guy what if I don't have the answers what if I have a questions or something like that entree architect Facebook group bam, you bam, just bam. ask questions all day you know what I mean like constantly that was what was maybe scaring me back back in the day was what do I do when I have a question or I don't know the answer one we've told people like just say I'll get back to you and if you don't have another person in your firm the forum of Entree Architect is your form to ask questions. Another way I think of reducing your feedback loop and how this pays off for you is because I just landed a client this week and they and they we were in the meeting and they go, you know, we picked you because you were you were so quick. They go, it took other architects weeks to get back to us and you were just every single time, even within like a minute or two of an email, you were writing back to us. Some days it was a day, uh, it wasn't, but it wasn't beyond that. And I was checking in with them several times. They were like, they were like, we could just tell you wanted the project, and, and you know, we also liked your personality and all that other stuff. Yeah. Uh, so shorten your feedback loop with the clients. With the clients, when inquiries come in, make sure you're on top of it. Make sure, make sure you make them know and feel like you're taking care of them. Uh, try always, you know, even if there's any way you can give them an update, you know. So an, another thing you can do too, I I think. I don't know if someone would listen to this and put <laughs> notes together, like that would be extremely helpful. I will post them on, on, uh, on our website, b- website inside of their podcast.com. Yep. Um, because I feel like there's three sections here and there's some good advice. So if anyone wants to take that on themselves, I'd appreciate it. Uh, you can email listen, me looking at you, Nick, Nick. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. Uh, AKG at F nine productions.com. We'll send you a free book. Yeah. <laughs> That's we do. Signed um, by Josh. <laughs> sorry, sorry. We have fun here. We have fun. We're a fun group. We're fun. Um, the other thing is, okay, let's go back to getting work. Another way is just introduce yourself. So um, I want semi-selfishly a pool within walking distance, a public pool, right? So, yeah, who can- so what he means is he wants a pool in his neighborhood because he grew up with a pool in his backyard. So now he lives in America. So he thinks he thinks he needs a pool yep. in his in his neighborhood. So well, what did you do, Al? Well, and uh, my parents they said when they were like six, their whole summer was just a pool pass. Like their parents didn't even watch them; they just go to the pool all summer. So it sounds amazing. So the uh, Parks and Rec Department of of like this tri state it's tri city area. Uh, basically is in charge of it. So I just emailed them and offered our services to do a free concept, right? They're all stoked about it. I'm stoked about it. We're, I'm going to do a free concept. I, I'm not even thinking that we're going to get the commission because we don't design pools or anything like that. 
But again, you do something for someone else, all of a sudden, uh, hey, one of the board members, oh, my friend needs an architect or something like that. You're getting your name out there. If And this is what I'm saying is that you can start pairing self-interest, which I don't think is, is too bad, with no, then no, giving. There, there's nothing bad about it because if you're a designer, you're already passionate about your design. So why wouldn't you use your passions to your advantage? And then also think about leverage, right? What kind of leverage and what kind of impact you can have by that leverage. So I, I could scream about whatever, but like I'm not like Lance. I don't have a big social media presence. I have a garage couch that I like. That's you know? it. That's <laughs> but it. What am I... <laughs> But I am, in my perspective, really good at making a presentation yeah. and convincing people and, to and, do stuff. And Alex is good at, uh, Alex is good at re- seeing when trends are, are right, on their, right on the horizon and then capitalizing on, like, on that, like with the Amazon headquarters stuff that we did, with the tiny house stuff that we did, with the doomsday dwelling stuff that we did. So that's the other thing, too, is however... However, you can recognize even local to national trends and capitalize on that. We just can't recommend that enough. Gosh, architects have the ability to just visualize everything for other people. And and don't ever lose track of your power that you have. It's amazing. Because a lot of people have a lot of ideas. And I was even talking to a potential client and like, what do we do this? What do we do this? And I was telling the real estate agent later, once they see a drawing, they can make decisions because... People are going back and forth and stuff. I was like, it all comes down to being being visual. So that's what I'm offering with the leverage with my skill is, hey, here's now a picture and some labels. Now people can say, oh, how much is that going to cost? Oh, we'll get a contractor to bid on it. You know, stuff like that and start moving the ball forward. Um, and then you can be in the loop there. So I think, I think that's all I have for kind of if you're starting a firm or maybe you want to revisit. Maybe you don't have all of your web pages set up. Maybe you don't have a, a clear concept of, I need to shorten the feedback loop. Or you should have, if you have a firm, they should have all the legal stuff set up or else, you know, who knows? You guys are in trouble. But the last thing I would say is I would say, and this kind of, this relates to what is the book that I'm supposed to read? Do you remember? Extreme what is- Ownership by Jocko, Jocko Willink. Willink. Not that book. <laughs> <laughs> the one that Mark, the author that Mark had on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last week. Uh, pitch Without, no, no. Sell without pitching, something like that. Win without, yeah. If you go, if you go listen to one of the last Entree Architects, Mark had a, this awesome author on, and Alex, Alex will find it. But he, here's here's the sentiment. It doesn't matter. We'll we'll find that, and then you then you'll know. So there's there's two varying uh, there's two ways to think about the clientele or or how you're setting up your business as far as like okay, what kind of work are you going after? So you can either go into a highly specialized area like like let's say you only do McDonald's. Your thing is just McDonald's. That's what you do all day long over and over again. But you love it because you get to do all these different cool McDonald's for some reason. Right? I was just in a burger king. You're gonna get you you could do the first one in North Korea. How about that? Good for you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then the other way to think about it is Kind of like I, basically how Alex and I did this was we said, no, we want like 10 tentacles. We want to do townhouses, single family homes. Uh, we want to do additions. We want to build tiny houses. We want to do an architecture Bitcoin. development. We want to do Bitcoin. Exactly. Um, we want to do BIM. We want to sell. We want to sell pieces our, of our template, our, our system our, that we our work template. so hard for. We want to teach plus sell our template there. Yeah. You know, tiny houses. Did you even mention? Yes, that? I did yeah. mention tiny houses. But, but here's the issue is, okay. So if you do something highly specialized, the thought process is, because you're so highly specialized, you're going to be more highly sought after. Therefore, you can command higher fees. If you're doing a if you're doing a bigger spread of stuff, it spreads you out, and you might not be in this high demand 
for a specific category. So you have to, I'm not going to recommend either one. We've already t- told you what we do, you know, and it's worked but for both us. Both approaches are valid. Both approaches are valid, but I think, I do think there's a split there that is okay. You need to be okay with that split. I'm not sure there's even an in-between because if there's like, there is no in-between, right? You're either doing a bunch of stuff or you're doing like, like I said, McDonald's. You know, flags, yeah, and flagships. Uh, there's a probably a gradient between. Yeah, a gradient. How about that? As a gradient, there's a gradient between all of them. Um, but just know too, and and though I think it, the book is called "Win Without Pitching." There you go. And I think for a certain segment, it's 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 great advice, and it will actually help out a lot of people. And I think you should um, look at it. I think you should think that way. I think if you do that way, that that's totally fine. But just but. The other side of that is that I don't want people to be be frustrated if they're not doing it that way. Because here's the problem. Let's say you're just starting out and you really specialize, right? But you want to charge a high price. If you're just specializing, you honestly, let's say you're just specializing in, in townhomes or something and you're just starting out. We do a, a large amount. You're not going to know more than, than someone, than, than us. So you can't charge a high price right away. So you probably won't get those clients because guess what? You'll be talking to developers who know real estate. And when I pitch and say stuff, they're going to know that I know what I'm talking about and you might not know what you're talking about. So just know right away. You can't, you have to gain that knowledge to get that right. That, that the high price. And here's the other thing. This is why I don't want to dissuade people and, and say that this is the only answer is because you might be in a small enough market that there's not enough demand for someone that only does townhouses. Sure. Exactly. Exactly. Or, you or might whatever. not be you might not or uh, custom houses or you might whatever. not be in the Denver Metro. You might be or, on the western slope in Colorado where there's like a little town, you know, yep. and that's it. Or or you might be in a place that doesn't there's there's places where you don't do custom houses. It's just builders. So Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> Northern Minnesota. Yeah. You're you're not it's just not going to work out. It's not, and, and that's fine. That's fine because you can specialize in the process and that's what we do. And that's what we talked about, about yes. simplifying fundamentals, feedback loops, construction knowledge, Ooh. blah, blah, blah. Alex keeps talking. He doesn't shut up. And with that, here we are with Nick Reeds. Yeah. Wait, wait. Can I intro this? You can intro this. Thank you. So we have a new book and I don't know how much he's going to Oh, intro. that's right. We did finish the book. I'm sorry. Yep. What's the new book? <laughs> Are we listening to Corb? Corb. Isn't it Corb? Towards a new architecture. Towards a new architecture. Yeah. Honestly, guys. Le, le, le Corbusier. So you, you've probably listened to this in college. Uh, I mean, not listened. You read it in college. If, you, if you're listening from a different perspe- uh, profession, this is still going to be super helpful. Cool advice. Broaden your perspective. This book is epic. Um, and I think you're going to see that throughout. So we're going to pick. I already have like all 16 ones picked out. Um, so here we go with Nick Reed's. Hello, best friends. I hope you all had a great week this week. A reading. A great epic has begun. There exists a new spirit. Industry, overwhelming us like a flood which rolls on towards its destined end, has furnished us with new tools adapted to this new epic, animated by the new spirit. Economic law unavoidably governs our acts and our thoughts. The problem of the house is the problem of the epic. The equilibrium of society today depends upon it. Architecture has for its first duty in this period of renewal that of bringing about revision of values 
a revision of the constituent elements of the house. Mass production is based on analysis and experiment. Industry, on the grand scale, must occupy itself with building and establishing the elements of the house on a mass production basis. We must create the mass production spirit, the spirit of constructing mass production houses, the spirit of living in mass production houses, the spirit of conceiving mass production houses. If we eliminate from our hearts and minds all dead concepts in regard to the house and look at the question from a critical and objective point of view, we shall arrive at the house machine, the mass production house. Healthy, and morally so too, and beautiful in the same way that the working tools and instruments which accompany our existence are beautiful. Beautiful also with all the animation that the artist's sensibility can add to serve and pure functioning elements. Le Corbusier, Towards a New Architecture. Alexa, play Lose Yourself. Office Rep Friday. Toodles! Nick, if you ever stop, if you ever stop uh, asking Alexa to do stuff at the end of your reads, uh, you're fired from your free job. Yeah. Um, I want all the Alexas to go off every time. And just, just <laughs> everyone just hates. Hate, so that was super know. interesting because we are, th- we are, we are on the verge of maybe doing some of this kind of stuff with modern technology, right, Al? Yeah, so what's so crazy about this is that <clears throat> Corbusier turned... I did some research before the before this, and I think he was born in like... It was like 1898 or something like that. So he was turning around 16 or um, around when the first car and the... Model T. The Model T. And, then, and he was basically coming to age when the car was being mass-produced and the first plane was happening. So then he went through World War One, World War Two, and all that, so... Just think of the shift of, you know, you're 12 and then you see a plane for the first time or and then you start go from horses to cars. So he's talking about houses going from just, you know, a guy laying brick to machines being involved, you know, even just like excavators and cranes. And but I don't think that we are where he thought we would be. Because oh, I, I, I would I would think he'd be disappointed. I would yeah. think that if he if he is people like him and Frank Lloyd Wright would be absolutely disappointed, right? Yep. Now. Don't you think? Yep. And the other key point that he talked about in here was that houses are a reflection of like the age or society or whatever he said. So there's there's a group in Denver that hates what's going on, right? <laughs> and they just complain and stuff like that. Any kind of development is just it's their worst yeah. enemy. They're just critics. Literally, honestly, it, it's a terrible way to live. It's fun to watch. But don't join in um, because critics don't count. Because literally these developments are happening and none of the criticism has any effect on it whatsoever. Well, one, uh, thing, one thing that you said, I think you said, uh, oh man, I wish I could find that, what you wrote the other day. It was, it was brilliant. I can't remember what the heck you said. You keep looking because I'll keep going. Okay, keep talking. And in, it, instead of just sitting there and whining and complaining, you got to look at the situation, right? So what's happening in Denver? And they don't... They don't know the situation because they just want to criticize and they don't want to look deeply. Is that a couple things are actually making this happen? Uh, one, 
is yes, there are some poor designs, and I will admit that that's that's totally fine. And what happened is that a lot of the baby boomers, it got the industry got shaken up in Denver, um, in the recession, and a lot of people with a lot of the knowledge and the hookups they left. So a lot of these are be, being done designed by younger people. Um, that maybe don't have the design skill. Maybe they're in a flux period where they're trying something new, but then also the city regulations, right? So the city regulations and hoops, the developers don't want to pay more money for architecture, yet the city keeps adding on compliance things. So all of a sudden in... And just uh, drawing requirements and engineering and design requirements, yeah. yeah. So maybe instead of 15% of your drawing time going towards compliance and dealing with the city, it's like 35 45%. Yeah, it's... It's it's getting crazy. So you cannot you cannot refine your design even if you wanted to. Then things get cheapened down, and some of these things look ugly or not as good as. Here, they here's want. what you said. Yep. It's not the critic who counts; it's the one who creates. There you go. Boom. Pretty sure it's Teddy, but I'll take credit for it. Sure enough, Al. Um. Yeah. So instead of going looking at, they're they're just blaming, like yelling at developers, and they're yelling at architects and stuff like that is, okay, what are the real, what are the levers behind it that are making this happen? And can we go and fix those? Because obviously they just want more, they are literally going to want, and they want more design regulations and more reviews. So that's going to take the same fee or increase the fee, which would increase the price. And they're complaining about prices. And I don't know what that's like. I, I, who makes good products? Apple. Um, Used to. (laughs) Yes. Very true. Did did the regulators regulate the quality of Apple products? No, maybe that it doesn't hurt you. Maybe that it doesn't zap you. Samsung zapped you once. Yeah. But did they make it look that way? No. How about Tesla? Did they des- regulate the design of a, t- a Tesla car with the gullwing doors and says it has to look cool like that? How about did the government say, hey, we're, somehow we're going to have more regulations and we're going to make the space industry you know better? Nope. Just some guy came and said, can we reuse these rockets? Because that's expensive. And we just have a little bit of competition. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, anyways, to go on a positive note, there are things that we will talk about in, in, in the future that I, I think that architecture can start to reflect some of the technological advances that are happening. Yeah. And, and it, what it comes down to is I, I, I think where we're at as a society is... <clears throat> is we're right on the verge of becoming more free again and sort of relieving ourselves from these regulations through technology. So we're still going to, we're still going to, it's not like we're going to dodge regulations. It's just that we're just going to, we're just going to adapt to them in a better and a quick way and sort of regain some ground with yeah. the technology that's Instant coming up. Instant verification. Exactly. Instant proof. All yeah. this other stuff. Exactly. And with that, we're going to have to have a lightning round of ARE Jeopardy. And by lightning round, I mean like two or three minutes and I got to run and go get my... <laughs> Here's the first question. What is tinted glass that absorbs a high percentage of solar radiation known as? A, tinted glass. Awesome, Lance. These are awesome. B, solar glass. C, what's that? A cintic. A cintic glass. D, mirror glass. Actually, it's... It is uh, actinctic. Okay, so read them again now. Tinted... So... Um, what is tinted glass that absorbs a high percentage of solar radiation known as A, tinted glass, B, solar glass, C, a, a tinted glass, 
D mirror glass. Everyone needs to write fast answers. We gotta go. B A B. The answer is apparently C. Actinic. Ac. Jeez, how do you say this? Actinic. Actinic. Never heard of that glass. Very obscure question. Welcome to ARE Jeopardy. Yeah, I'm an architect. Did, any, did no anybody idea. get it? Anybody get it? No. No. Okay. Next okay. one, Al. What do you got? What is the chemical reaction that combines cement and water to form concrete known as A. Hardening. B. Hydration. C. Solidification. D. Uh, concentration. Concretion. 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 <laughs> okay. What is the chemical reaction that combines cement and water to form concrete known as? Hardation, hydration, solidification, concretion. Give you a hint. I think you made up some of these words. Possibly. B, C, C. It is B. B. So it was just one zero so far? Yep. Okay. Third question. Number three. What is the most common type of accelerating admixture used in concrete known as? A, self-retarding. B, air entrainment. C, superplasticizers. D, calcium chloride. And for the audience, uh, it was hydration. That's what B was last time. Okay, number three. What is the most common type of accelerating admixture use in concrete known as? A, set retarding. B, air entrainment. C, superplasticizers. D, calcium chloride. Do, 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 do. Boop, boop. What do we got? D, C, B. The answer is D. Now, Mark, none of these questions we went over before this in just working, okay? Just so you know. <laughs> Number four. The moisture content in which a soil starts to change from a plastic to a semi-liquid state is A, total limit. B, maximum wetness. C, zero, sorry, C, liquid limit. D, zero limit. Number four, the moisture content at which a soil starts to change from plastic to a semi-liquid state is known as A, total limit. B, maximum wetness. C, liquid limit. D, zero limit. I'm guessing in my head right now. C, D... C. The answer is C. Liquid, Liquid limit. limit. All right. Bam. That's that. Grash wins. All right. We got a. I got a jet. So, uh, Al, do you have any parting words of wisdom or shout out? I can wrap it out. Hey, p- uh, please like us on the Facebook, the Twitter. Uh, share this with a friend. Uh, send us an email, a shout out, uh, akg at f9productions.com. Please review us on uh, the iTunes. podcast app, iTunes, all of that. And we appreciate you guys. See you next week.